0: We really enjoyed the energy conference that the Cox School of Business, the McGuire Institute, put on over at the Bush Library the other day. But one of, our, one of our, the most fascinating conversations we had was with the man you remember as former Secretary of Commerce, Don Evans. At least that's what he was the last time he was on this program. He's now chairman of the Permian Strategic Partnership. But the conversation we had was about Vladimir Putin. I've invited the secretary to join us again today. It's good to have you with us.
1: Thank you, David. Great to be with you. Good to see you in Dallas the other day. And, yeah, I think that was a very successful program that SMU put on at the Bush Center. We like to do those kind of programs. and But it's, you know, if anybody should know about energy, it ought to be those of us here in the state of Texas, that's for sure. And, so, and specifically would, out of the Permian career,
0: Basin. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, you know, it's a remarkable basin. I'm, I always enjoy t- talking about it. It's one of the great energy basins, oil and gas basins of the world. Clearly.
0: Well, and, and I want to talk about that, but I want to take you back 20 years to, I guess it was when you were Secretary of Commerce. That's when the, the first time you met President Putin.
1: Vladimir Putin was the first world leader to call President Bush on 9 11. He was not back in the White House yet. He was in the air on his way to Nebraska, and, and uh, Vladimir Putin is calling in. And so he returned the call, and and Putin was very clear about his interest in doing whatever they could do to to go after these terrorists, and and he was convinced he could do a lot. He could not not only with, with intelligence and technology, but with, with manpower, and so he was ready to step up and help. And and we uh, and two months later, the, the president invited him to the ranch in Crawford, and we were over there one evening, and Vladimir Putin stood up and made a really a powerful toast to the president. I, I was impressed with it. It was in English and he, he was very clear and he was too talking about the, how fortunate the world was to have this man in the Oval Office at this defining moment in the history of our world. And he was here to support him and admire him and, and all the rest. And so right after dinner, we walked outside and I'm standing outside with Vladimir Putin and he knew I was in the energy world. and and he asked me, uh, he said, Mr. Secretary, how has America accomplished only oh, in only 200 years so much? It's just remarkable to me. And I said, well, Mr. President, I think it's our freedoms that are grounded in our Constitution. I think it's our democratic capitalistic system and creates this, this great free enterprise environment and market. And then I said, the people of America are good people. They wake up every morning trying to do the right things. And people are not just basically decent, honest people it will not work. And so that, that was the initial conversation I had with the President Vladimir Putin. I had a number more conversations my, throughout my four-year term in Washington, always talking about energy, uh, talking about where he ought to build pipelines, to talking about where his reserves are, him wanting to sell contract to send oil to America uh i can remember that conversation clearly it, it was in early 2003 and uh, i said no mr president you don't need to contract your oil you just put it out on the global market it's a fungible commodity and then just put it out there and get the highest price you can for it but in those conversations david you heard me say i mean it was clear to me that he thought of oil and gas as a strategic weapon and how could he use it to get himself better leverage against other countries or uh, others around the world. But again, 20 years ago, he was,
0: I mean, Russia was a minor player in the energy field, right?
1: Well, they they were a major player in the early 1980s. they, They got their production up to 11 or 12 million barrels a day. And then as they went through all the economic turmoil in the 80s and 90s, it declined. They lost focus. They lost interest and their oil production declined dramatically, quite frankly, in the 80s and the 90s. And, uh, but there was still enough supply around the world to, to fill in the gap. But in the, in the 90s, when, when, they, uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed in the early 90s, and they started to kind of look at rebuilding their oil supply, which they did. They didn't. And coming into the, the 21st century, in those first early years, is when Vladimir Putin became president, and he had a terrible international debt problem. And he saw the solution to it was his oil and gas. And so he really started to really focus on, emphasize uh, oil and gas. we got to be exporting more. That's how I can get this company financially back on the world stage. And so he was doing that, and we, quite frankly, were wanting to, to work with them and see if we could kind of figure out ways to have stronger geopolitical kind of relationship with them, see if we couldn't, you know, share technology thoughts with them. What, what can we do to support them and see if we can't bring these two countries t- together and and hopefully turn that country into more of uh, a uh, private marketplace, free enterprise, private property rights uh, kind, kind of country and uh, the democratic country. And, uh, you know, it worked for about, I'm going to say about three years. And then when oil prices started to go back up, everything changed. His, his attitude changed. I could see it changing. He wasn't as cooperative as he had been. And I would say, oh, two and oh, one, oh, two, kind of back to that first conversation. I'm here to do anything I can to help you. You know, we're going to go after these terrorists. We're, we're on your side. But then when it really came down to making the tough decisions to go after them, he he wasn't not quite so much.
0: Well then he approached he, you then real. after you left the the administration, he approached you to, to head the, the, the state owned oil company, right?
1: Right, right. I you know, when I got out in O five, uh I had continued to I, I talked to him through all four years and uh I would say the you know, the last year was a little more difficult than the first three, but but uh about halfway through 05, I got a call from his office, and him wanting to come me to come see him, and so I he calls. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, and so so I went, and it was a uh, it was a unique experience. Of course, I mean Hold in the Kremlin, back. and seemed seemed like the place was totally empty, and they plugged me into a holding room for about thirty minutes. Didn't see anybody, and then big doors opened up, and there he was with his interpreter and uh so i walked to him of course and greeted mr president delighted to be here to see you sat down we had a he always had a little bit of an agenda of talking points before we got into this ask and and so we went through those and they said well listen i, I would like for you to consider i would like for you to consider being the chairman of Rosneft because i'm planning on putting it on the London exchange and he needed somebody from the West that was familiar with capital markets, security markets. I had run a public company before going to Washington a public oil and gas company. Tom
0: Brown. That's
1: right. And so yeah, exactly. So he, he saw that. And, and so he thought I might consider, consider that he mentioned China to me that he thought he had China in position to buy some of Rosneft and, and um so anyway uh, david i contemplated it for a few days and uh, you know look obviously that wasn't the right thing for me to do i wasn't gonna for my family for myself personally and a lot of uh, other reasons but anyway uh you know look he's uh, again a strategic weapon i i would tell him look don't be exporting all of this you need to put your petrochemical complexes right on the top of your big gas fields and and sell the product around the world um same same way with oil you know generate the products you can and, and sell those and but uh anyway uh, it's just sad to see a country with so much promise and I, i'm talking about the people too they, they've got some of the smartest wisest scientists engineers on the planet some of the best artists in the world uh they've got incredible human talent over there and just phenomenal um Resources, both on the oil and gas side, as well as other other minerals. So, it, it's just uh, it's just sad to me. I,
0: I guess everybody needs cash flow. This was the the mechanism yeah, that he yeah. saw. The so David.
1: One other thing, David. One other thing I can tell you to me that's interesting is how close they have become to China. Because in, in my time, it, not not so. I mean, I, I'd sit down and talk to the Sergey Ivanov, a great guy, a guy really a lot of really admiration for, i tell you the truth. He was defense minister at the time, and he was worried about the, the, the you know, China's got one and a half billion people, we got 140 million people, we're declining. We got a, We got 12 time zone border, 12 different time zones, the border between Russia and China. Hey, how do we control that border? I mean, we, we talk about America, that's trying to control our two time zone, you know, border. You know, 12 time zones, one and a half billion people. And and that was what was on their mind back then. But not so much now. Not so much now. You see the countries getting closer together all the time. And I mean, it's not complicated. I mean, China needs the oil and gas resources sure. that are in Russia. And I think it's too bad that America hasn't figured out a way to continue to export to China significant natural gas volumes to be somewhat of an offset to the tremendous amount of gas volumes that they're getting from Russia.
0: Well and I, of course the, the interesting thing here is the US has not stood still and over the last 20 years we've achieved you know some level of, of energy independence and a lot of it coming out of the, uh, the, the strength of the Permian Basin which is probably going to have to be the next topic we talk about. Look, I really appreciate the time. This is fascinating stories. I want to check back if I may, and we'll talk about West Texas next time.
1: Okay, great. This great, David. Thank you. Our,
0: our guest today's uh, former Secretary Don Evans. And for more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com/slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.